0: Listening to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Monday afternoon. And since it's Monday, you know it, we like to focus a bit on our health and fitness. So let's turn to our next guest and topic of today. Now, how many of you wonder uh, what it's like to visit and climb Mount Everest? And what sort of training and what sort of mindset uh, do you need to have? Well, our next guest in the next five minutes will be able to talk about it because we're talking to 18-year-old Bob Jung, the youngest Hong Konger to summit Mount Everest. Welcome to the program, Bob. Thank you so much for joining us. Yep. It's so lovely to meet you. We are live this afternoon as well on Facebook. Noreen Maer on RTHK Radio Three. So, for our listeners, do join us there uh, if you can. Um, so, Bob, let's go straight into it. Um, let's talk about your love for mountaineering. H- how did it begin?
1: Well, I started like hiking abroad when I was six. Um, my dad took me to Japan to climb Mount Fuji. Then, and, when you were um, six, when I was six, Whoa. yes. And um, well, I'm like I. I didn't know much about mountaineering at the time so like i just thought it would be another like mountain like in hong kong like so i i didn't know what to expect so i i went there and um, by the end of it i was nearly dead and um yeah i just remember it being very tough and um i remember just crying all the way down from the top because um we started at around eight in the morning and by the time we got to the top it it was around like six in the evening and it took us another like five to six hours to get back to the like trail start, which is at like twenty-two hundred meters. So like, um, it it the entire hike took around seventeen, eighteen hours. And so for a six six-year-old boy, it's like crazy. But you know, I remember just crying down and asking my dad, w- w- like, when it's gonna be over. And he just told me continuously, like, it's gonna be over soon. It's gonna be over soon. You're you're gonna get there. But I I, I just kept qu- crying and you know, I remember it not being a fun experience, but. But once it was over, like, I, I sort of, I don't know, I sort of grew into it. Uh, because, like, for the next couple of years, um, he continued to take me to various places around the world to climb. So, um, yeah, um, as, you know, as I hiked more and, you know, I gained more experience, I began to, you know, grow into it and, and, and sort of love mountaineering. So Yeah,
0: yeah. and uh, parents all around the world were like, look at you now. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank well, good for the push. <laughs> yeah,
1: you. I guess so. <laughs>
0: No, j- jokes apart, yes, I can imagine. I mean, as a six-year-old, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just feeling sort of tired and not yeah. really enjoy. So, did you did you like hiking then? Overall, um, but being pushed aside, did you enjoy the, the walking and the hiking? Well,
1: at the time, I only enjoyed the part where I got to stop. <laughs> I took the picture and I just like, I just said, you know, I want to go home. I want to go home. But you know, for the la- uh, for the next couple of years, because you know, I continue to go abroad to to hike. Um, I guess. Those years you know made me who I am today, so like i it, it i I started to begin you know liking mountaineering, I began you know alpine climbing you know i i began going to Japan to sort of learn how to hike when in under like you know snowy conditions and you know blizzard conditions, and you know those those are quite exciting i think those experience so like uh, I think by like 2014 I was pretty into mountaineering
0: yeah. yeah how does hiking and mountaineering overseas compare to in Hong Kong
1: well the scale is much bigger so like in Hong Kong maybe you, you, for instance you want to get to, to the top of Taimushan you may I you was may, thinking about Taimushan yeah, yeah. <laughs> it may take you around like two, two, two hours two and a half but uh, for like Mount Fuji it took us you know 16 hours for, for the first time I, I've been there so um, yeah I remember like I walked like two hours from the fifth stage to the sixth station but it still looked the same you know the summit is still so far away I can't imagine you know how long it would take to you know walk, walk to the top but we got there in the end but you know again I was I was quite dead by the time I got to the top
0: What sorts of skills and mindset do, do you need I, I say mindset mm. because I hear a lot of the times a lot of it comes from the. of course skills and and physical yeah, sure, strength yeah. is, is yeah, yeah. a paramount you have to have that yeah, yeah. but in terms of mindset what makes a good mountaineer?
1: Well um I guess you really need to love it. Like, your passion for it is is quite important because it, without passion, you're not, you know, you're not into it and you're not really, you know, you don't have, really have that, n- never give up that, that sense of, like, uh, belief, I guess. But, like, yeah, yeah, you n- really need to love it in order to enjoy it because... Quite frankly, you're just walking for eight hours to a camp and, and the next day you, you're doing the same thing again. So if you don't like it, it's going to be like pain for the entire trip. And I guess it's the same for Mount Everest. Like, uh, I remember, you know, for this mountain specifically, we climbed three 6,000-meter peak before climbing Mount Everest. So, like... When, when you're climbing so, so many mountains in such a short period of time, you really need to love it in order to enjoy the whole process. Or else, you know, it's, it's going to be like hell for, for those times, you know. You're not going to enjoy it at all.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. What are you thinking about? I mean, let's go straight in, yeah. into Mount Enforest. Yeah. What are you thinking about when you are walking along or climbing even?
1: Well, I'd like to daydream a lot, I guess. So, like, I, I don't really think of stuff related to mountaineering when I'm actually climbing. I, I you know, I usually think of random things. Like, I, don't know, I, I like Marvel a lot, so I think of like Iron Man, you know, Captain America, or whatever. <laughs> it's not really <laughs> and relevant. <you're> the <laughs> yeah, it's not really relevant. But like, I like to picture myself as a, like a superhero, like going up. You know, that that sort of gives me the motivation to to continue on, I guess. But um, yeah, uh, mountaineering's a bit of a I guess, uh, lonely experience sometimes, because sometimes it requires uh, quite a bit of teamwork, but most of the time, like 80% of the time, you're on your own. So you're basically uh, talking to yourself all the time, You know, sort of motivating yourself and and just telling yourself to to keep moving forward. Yeah, because
0: it's not your average hike. I say time motion. It's not your average hike on (laughs) Dragon's Back where you're chatting along with with someone. You're really conserving your energy and focusing on that goal. How did your training go? How did you train for something like Mount Everest? Um,
1: I've been, you know, mountaineering for almost 12 years now, maybe over 12 years now. That's so over a decade. Yeah, that over sounds, a decade. Yeah. And um, so every, for every peak, I usually, you know, I, I tend not to stop training. But uh, rather, you know, for every peak, I just intensified the training. So for for this Mount Everest, um, I remember um, coming up with the uh, with the idea around two years ago. So I sort of intensified my training t- around you know two years ago when I was still in uh, Lipushen. And um, back then, you know, I, I I remember just finishing my third or fourth fourth um, fourth seven summit peak, which is uh, Aconcagua. I just finished it, and I thought, you know, wouldn't it be cool if I, you know, uh, climb Mount Everest next. So I, you know, started training and started pushing myself, and it mostly involves, you know, running, cycling, and um, long distance hiking. That's sort of the main ways I, I train. You know, for for running, I can just, you know, go after school. So after lessons, I'll just run to the top of. Um, there's a country park in just below Monshan so I'll just run up there. It's around ten kilometers total, and um, for like Saturday and Sundays, I'll just, you know, uh, ride like cycles somewhere far away and just, you know, it, it's, uh, it's quite important to build up your endurance so that, you know, in, in, even in such a high altitude, you, you, you constantly, you know, your body can adapt to that environment and you can just sort of recover in time.
0: Oh, wow. It's yeah. amazing how the body can sort of adapt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And how uh, long in, uh, in advance did you have to get to uh, Nepal then in yeah. order to start uh, Mount Everest?
1: Can you say down
0: here? Yeah? Uh, how long in advance did you have to go uh, to Nepal? Did you go there already to start uh, climbing or did you have to sort of acclimatise? Uh,
1: well... We got there like a month early than what most climbers usually... You know, most climbers usually uh, head to the Lampore yeah. uh, in, I think, April. Yeah. April, and Because I
0: saw you went there in March. Yeah, 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 yeah. So
1: they usually track to Everest Base Camp and do a couple of rotations. Rotations meaning you're going to go from base camp to um, camp free to do a hike uh, acclimatization before coming back down several times. So um, we didn't do that. We accept, uh we actually, you know, we actually climbed three 6,000 metre peak before that. So those wow. three times, you know, climbing up and down, you know, those uh, became our way of acclimatising
0: to the altitude. So you were training there already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And finally, um, how did you prepare yourself uh, to summit Mount Everest then?
1: uh i don't really know but forget, like i remember just telling myself like i'm not gonna die i'm not gonna die because <laughs> it's uh, so scary actually, it's yes yeah, it's quite scary know, yeah.
0: yeah it is actually really scary you know we say that now with, with a bit of a giggle and with a nervous smile but mm-hmm. i can't imagine what it was like uh for you to actually have to do it the real thing because it's one thing training but to actually go for it
1: yeah we were spending around a month in base camp you know pep- prepping and you know, preparing for our uh, actual climb towards the top of Mount Everest. But, you know, then I was, you know, very nervous and sort of anxious, you know, because the most dangerous part of the entire route is not actually the summit day. Is um it's actually a trail start. So the first day you climb it's, it, that's the most dangerous part.
0: Why is that?
1: Um, uh, we have to cross some some uh, place called um Kumbu Icefall. Now Kumbu Icefall is sort of the end of the entire Kumbu um, glacier, and so because of global warming and all that, you know, it, it, it's very easy for the ice to melt. So I remember um, resting on one of the ice platforms, and we were walking a couple of minutes later. But when we look back down, the entire um, area surrounding that platform has collapsed. <gasps> Sort of, yeah, all the ice, you know, all the rocks and all that, sort of collapsed, and the shep, some shepherds have to come up um, the next day to sort of fix a new route so that climbers can safely uh, continue their their climb. But it was pretty surreal because if we were there like a couple of minutes later, we would have you know, fallen or nearly died even. So. Um, yeah, it was pretty surreal and, you know, I just, I kept seeing myself, I, I need to keep going, I need to keep going, I can't die today. So. Yeah,
0: um, and what made this expedition extra special was you also climbed with your dad, who's a veteran yeah, 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 yeah. Um, climber yeah. as well. Um, what was that feeling like?
1: Well, I've always climbed with him, so it's it didn't feel any, like, different, I guess, but it's certainly a, a, a quite a memorable experience because this time we're actually climbing to the tallest mountain in the world. And, um, well... One of our goals uh, during our years climbing is to um, basically climb all seven peaks, uh, all seven tallest peaks in every continent. So um, we only have one left, actually. Um, We only have Antarctica left. So hopefully uh, in a few years, maybe two or three years, we'll be, you know, we'll finish this uh, challenge, I guess. And sort of, yeah.
0: That's really remarkable. Yeah, yeah. 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 He must be so proud of you. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Yeah, oh, that is so... Just to be able to just do something that you both enjoy together and and break records, frankly speaking. Um, Once you were there um, and and you completed, was there like a sense of relief uh, that you had summited Everest? Or was there sort of like, oh, well, what's next? Sort of, uh, Uh, what's the mentality?
1: There was certainly a relief that, you know... uh, You didn't get hurt or anything? No, no, we didn't get hurt. We were safe. And, you know, it was an accumulation of like, five six years of like hard work put to one at that single moment like so um it's it's pretty surreal and i got pretty emotional then but um i i'm always i was always quite nervous of you know getting back down because you know getting up it's hard but at least it's not as dangerous as coming back down
0: you know, as soon as you said that, it made me think of a Chinese phrase, you know Seang San Yong, you laugh yeah zana. yes, exactly, yeah. yeah, so is that true like yeah, because for our yeah. non Chinese speakers uh listeners, it actually literally, what what does it literally translate to it
1: means to you know getting back down is actually a lot harder than going up, and um yeah, it's true because eighty percent of the accidents happen on everest, usually happens during the descent, so um you know people are usually quite tired when they're coming back down and they're not that mindful of their surroundings, so you know which made it it, which usually makes it, you know, a lot harder and you know more dangerous because yeah. you don't even realize you're doing something wrong. You know, I remember uh, my dad John telling me that he once saw a Japanese climber coming back down and forgot to sort of clip into the safety rope. And you know, when when asked about it, he didn't even know he he forgot to clip it because you know of the, the altitude, altitude and, yeah, yeah, altitude and the lack of oxygen and so all that. Yeah. So um, it was pretty, you know, it's pretty scary. And you know, I, I was always thinking of you know the summit is not really the, the goal. The goal is getting to the top and back down safely in one piece. So once I got to the base camp, you know, once everything is completed and we're all safe, you know, happy happy gathering and all that, you know, um, that that's the moment when I thought, you know, finally, mission completed. I could sort of rest and take a break and before, you know, going to another mountain or... Yeah.
0: Exactly, yeah. The, and, and that's such a great way to, to do it because if you celebrated so early, yeah, actually like, yeah. then was not in the correct mindset yeah, yeah, uh, for, yeah. for the descent. Um, did the altitude make you feel ill or or how did your body adapt to the altitude?
1: I was actually quite grateful that I didn't have any major altitude sickness. Like I did have some headache, minor headache during my first 6000 meter peak. Um, we went to a peak called Mara Peak, which is the tallest trekking peak in Nepal, which is around like 6,500 metres. Like I remember having a little bit of headache and a bit of stomach ache during the final two days. But um, yeah, for, for the actual Everest climb, we didn't have any like major altitude sickness, um, which, you know, I, I, was, I was a bit surprised by. You know, uh, we did have, you know, supplementary oxygen, which, you know, helped. We sort of um, used it. Uh, from all the way from Camp Three, I think Camp Two to Camp Three, so um, yeah, I was very grateful that we didn't have any like health-related oh, issues.
0: Thank goodness! Oh, I wish we could talk for longer, Bob. Yeah. Um, final question is: What's the next? Uh, what's the next uh, expedition then?
1: Well, again, I was hoping to climb um, the uh, peak in Antarctica called Mount Vincent. Um, in comparison, is actually relatively simple and it's relatively safe compared to Everest and Denali and all the mountains I've climbed. But the main thing is it's quite expensive and uh, the trip length is quite long because you it takes around a week to, to get yeah. just to get to Antarctica. So um, down
0: Argentina. Yeah, exactly, and then, exactly. Yeah. So
1: um, yeah, I need to find some sponsors and hopefully you know prepare for this trip. But hopefully in a couple of years I could complete it. But for the moment, because I'm now you know uh, going to study in in the UK perhaps i could focus on more like solo expeditions in the UK yeah. that will also be quite exciting
0: wow bob jung what a pleasure to meet you and congratulations once again <laughs> thank you thank such you such a very pleasure much. to thank have you, you on thank the 123 you. show today and that's um uh, bob jung the youngest hong konger to climb mount everest thank you so much thank you thank you thank you. And a